Welcome back to the Corona Cup Battle of the Bands. Today is April 27th. It is a Monday, day 35 of lockdown in Kansas City. Uh, that's five weeks for those math people. Um, so anyway, joining me on the call today is Emma Ross, Charles Allen, and Gabe Soul. And uh, th we have, after today, two more matches in the first round before we move on to the second. And this is one of them, not one of those two. Clearly, I'm not one of the aforementioned math people. Um, in any case here, we have uh, the only album on the bracket from Joan Jett, that is I Love Rock and Roll, taking on the only album on the bracket from Nirvana, that is Nevermind, uh, probably better known as the Naked Baby album. Um, so uh, if you happen to look at my uh, Twitter, through which we promote these episodes, um, I censored the Nirvana album artwork. Um <laughs> So, that's fun. Um, opening thoughts from you guys. Uh, neither were bands that I, or band slash act artists that I knew more than like one song by that I knew of. So, mm. I enjoyed both a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, both of them more than I expected to. Um, which is yeah. which is nice after yesterday let us all down I think so um, yeah um, if we have other thoughts uh, we can do that or we can go ahead and uh, get into the albums here um, somebody I've actually listened to a lot of Nirvana whenever I was in middle school because of course I did well that's the time um, to do it yeah, and uh, so I did know a lot of the songs on this. I actually, the funny thing, I knew like all of the first half of the album, and I didn't know the, the second half at all. Same Just here. Yeah. Yep, same here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of albums I've found that are like that. They're kind of front-loaded, and then the rest of it just kind of meanders along. Um, but yeah, that's the time to listen to Nirvana, for sure. Um, all right, um... We will start, meeny, meeny, I don't give a shit. We'll start with Nirvana. Um, yeah. Emma, go ahead. <laughs> so, I knew going in that I knew Come As You Are, but I knew that I probably had to know Smells Like Teen Spirit because it's their biggest song. I knew it was their biggest song, and I knew that because of that I probably heard it, but I didn't consciously know what it sounded like, what it was. Um... And I turned it on, and I, of course, immediately knew the song. And in my head a lot, I think, I have mashed that and Come As You Are together, which I don't think is that unreasonable to do, because they sound sort of alike. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I like both a lot. I like Come As You Are better. That's probably my favorite song on here, and by Nirvana, period. Um, in Bloom was cool. Breed was cool. Lithium was a little bit more interesting. Um, I like the lyrics of that one. And then we get to Polly, <laughs> which was the most fucked thing I have ever listened to in my life. Yeah. Um, Cobain would crucify heard, us for laughing at this. Um, but that's fine. Well, he's dead. Cobain can suck my dick. He's dead. Right. Um, or he can... No, I'm not going to say that. Nope, 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 nope. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we're going to hell. Carry on. 
it involved the um, the baby penis that is on this album that I don't condone and I don't like. I, I was going to say that. I To start off, I, don't, I do not approve of baby penis. Well, you know, now's um, the time I should tell you that when they asked Kurt Cobain about the logic behind putting a baby dick on the cover of his album, his response was, if you're offended by it, then you're the pedophile. Um, consent. The kid was too young. The kid could not possibly consent to this. And now his dick is in the pantheon of music covers, iconic music covers, forever. Which is why I said I mean, on the side, the guy's kind of like, you know, my dick, you know, been seen by millions of people worldwide. All right. Is what it is. No. <laughs> I suppose there's the more than one way to look at that. But, but uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I, we're here to debate it, the music. My, um. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I knew my genitalia was iconic before the age of one, I'd be pretty, pretty pissed off. Anyway. Yeah, it's better, <laughs> better than blind face. <laughs> So. Oh, Polly was fucked. Um, I had heard of Polly before, but I'd never actually heard it. And because I'd heard of it, what I'd heard was, hey, this song is fucked. So I knew to look up the lyrics and I was curious as I was hearing it. And God. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that's all I've got on that one. Um, Territorial Pissings, I really loved the name. I was sort of indifferent to the song, but it was... It was fine. And then everything else sort Yeah, it was weird. Everything else kind of bled together, which I think... I don't think they were really trying to protect against that, and that's fine. Um, it was a good energy that I, I liked, I vibed with. I don't want to say that I vibed with Nirvana. It makes me feel like a 12-year-old who needs her ass kicked. <laughs> but I did. Um, <laughs> But I did like it. Um, yeah, so only two songs I ended up really knowing were Smells Like Teen Spirit and Come As You Are, which I think is probably a lot of people who aren't, like, fans of Nirvana. Um, but, yeah, I I came away with this liking Nirvana more than I thought I did. Um, and they're kind of... I mean, they are the, the fathers of grunge rock, so they sound like just all the grunge rock I've ever heard, which makes sense. Um, but, you know, I'm not always against a little grunge rock. Sometimes you're in the mood to get a little grungy, rock out a little bit, and that did this, and it was fun. So, Baby Penis excluded, it was a good album. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, Charles, give me your thoughts on Nevermind. Um, well... The first half of the album, you know, uh, sounds like Teen Spirit, In Bloom, Come As You Are, Breed, Lithium, all of that was songs that I had listened to and heard before. Mm-hmm. I think most people that had listened to a little bit of Nirvana, ah, Nirvana know those songs. Yeah. After that, like, I don't know, things were, like, territorial pissings was really weird. <laughs> And it almost felt like it was like a like a Sex Pistols song or something, you know. I I kind of got the same Which vibe, is, yeah. Where he's just like I don't know. There was a lot of yelling and a lot of just uh, lack of singing. It, it <laughs> went away. It's, it kind of sounded like punk rock at, at times, honestly. Yeah, that one for sure. Yeah. Um. 
other than that, I thought the second half of the was okay, but yeah, I thought it was good. But it, the first, it's it very front loaded, in my opinion. I agree. Um, and I will also say that my taste has kind of evolved. I'm not as big as a fan of Nirvana as I once was. Yeah, their styles just don't mesh with me as, as much as they used to. So and that's that's what I have to say. Yeah, I, I, they're definitely uh, kind of for some people an acquired taste, or I guess in your case, a taste you lose. Also, did they uh, at, at one point, I can't remember which song it was, but I remember hearing, don't they say nature is a whore? Um, yes, they did. Yeah, that's, uh, that's in that Bloom. Bleeding? I think that it's in Bloom that says oh. that. Um, yeah, it's in yeah. Bloom. They, I was like, how, do you, how can you slut shame the earth? Well, you know what I love about that is that in Bloom, the whole point of the song is like, oh, no one knows what our words really mean. And then they go and say, nature is a whore, weather changes moods, spring is here again, reproductive glands, which I guess is maybe an allusion to the baby dick on the cover of the album, I don't know. But uh, it's a <laughs> fucking, of all the times, to come up with stupid bullshit lyrics, not that they don't always do that, but you're gonna bitch about no one yet listens to the words, and then the words are just horse shit, so... Um, I'm gonna rant about that later. Um, overall thoughts, Charles? Well, I don't. I say that you maybe understand half the words that are spoken in this album. So I don't know if, if they should really put too much uh, uh, deference into the words if they're most of them are mumbled. Yeah. Yep. Um. Fair enough. Uh, Gabe. Give us your thoughts on Nevermind. Uh, uh, well, I needed a little bit of Nirvana in my life today. I mean, my boyfriend listens to nothing but, like, Megan B. Stallion, um, which is, I, I, I don't like rap. So it was nice to hear some of my favorite, like, grunge, like, throwbacks in my mind. I don't know. Um, I will get started here. I'm going to pull them up because I always forget what order they're in, even though you all have said it numerous times. Okay, so for Smells Like Teen Spirit, I love the song. As Charles said, uh, I don't know all the words, but I, because I just like the guitar. It, it's a good song. I love it. Always have. In Bloom was one that I knew the song, but like I didn't know the name. So it was nice to kind of put a name and attach it. Come As You Are easily my favorite Nirvana song because I'm a basic bitch. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Breed, I like the intro too, but the rest of the song, I just kind of was like, and Lithium, I also love that song. I'm not going to get into Polly because honestly, what the fuck. Um, yeah, it's twisted I shit. I was excited when I saw the yeah, yeah, I, I, I got excited when I saw the name Territorial Pissings and was let down. Um, and then, like Emma said, the end part of the rest of them just kind of blended together. I didn't have much of a, you know, specific feeling or thought about each of the songs. They didn't really have any significance when I listened to them. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the the latter half of this album bleeds pretty severely. I think we've all kind of agreed with that. Um, when I when I look at this, for one thing, um, there just a funny connection between these two artists. Um, I'm pretty sure when Nirvana went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few years ago, they performed with rotating guest vocalists because Cobain is no longer with us, and I believe Joan Jett was one of them. Um, so, weird little connection there. Um, anyway, um, to look at the actual album. Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, of course, is like the the anthem of grunge music, um, with good reason. It's a very good song. Um yeah, you hear it a ton, but it's a good song. I, I, I like it. And again, like, I don't I don't pretend like I get all the words to it. I, I understand a lot of them. They just don't mean anything. They're just all meandering shit. So the song itself is a lot of fun, though. I, you know, again, I think um, this is one of those bands where critiquing the lyrics a whole lot kind of misses the point. Although, I guess Kurt Cobain would tell you, as he does in the song In Bloom, that you know, we we people that listen for the the groove of the song are doing it wrong, and that we really need to tune into his deep lyrics, man. Um, Suck a dick. Let me tell you, I biggest thing I learned from this album was I like Nirvana more than I thought I did, but I hate Kurt Cobain. What a pretentious <laughs> fucker. What a pretentious fucker. I know he's dead. I'm I don't care. He is the most needlessly he is the most needlessly martyrized figure in the history of popular music. Um I will hear no objection to that. Um uh, people treat him like he's some kind of a god. He's not. He had one good album and and I, it is a good album and he more or less was Nirvana, but it overrated as hell. Um, anyway, I like In Bloom, um, even though the the words of it are... The only lyrics, the only song I really understood on this album was telling me that I need to take the time to understand the rest of them. Great. Um, Come As You Are is good. Um, again, just that's up there with their big classics. Everybody knows it. Everybody likes it. Um, I liked Breed. Also, um, lots of, it was just a very aggressive but good energy song that keeps the, the first half of this album that's really strong moving forward. Um, Lithium I also knew, uh, somewhat, and, um, I find that a lot of their albums have no reason, or their songs rather, have no reason to have the titles that they do, um, I feel like they just sometimes make up these titles as they go, Lithium being one of those. And then, yeah, Polly is is very twisted. Um, and it is. It just begins with something that seems so dumb and jovial and funny. Polly wants a cracker, you know, and it turns into something that's just fucking terrifying. Um, but yeah, so that song's twisted. Um, musically, it's not a bad song. It just, it kind of dominates its own narrative in that sense. Um, and then Territorial Pissings. I agree that this is an excellent title. It is without a doubt the best title on the album and the worst song on the album. Um, 
I did not like this song. I thought it was irritating and aggressive to the point that it had nothing else to it, and I didn't like it. Um, Drain You, Lounge Act, Stay Away, all bled together for me. Um, and then on a plane, they'll... <laughs> Again, like, I'm going to piss off all the people that fall down at the shaggy, dirty, heroin-addicted altar that is Kurt Cobain. Um, I'm on a plane, I'm on a plane. Takes me not to uh, whatever he actually wants it to be. To me, it takes me to, I'm on a boat. Um, the stupid <laughs> shit Lonely Island thing. <laughs> That's all I could think about. Well, Andy Samberg is on a boat and Kurt Cobain is on a plane. That's all I got out of that. Um, <laughs> fine song, though. I, I got nothing against the song, really. And then uh, Something in the Way is slow and doesn't really do anything. It's not bad. It's just got. It's not really good either. Um, now, did any of you guys stay for the hidden track? I did, but I didn't listen very closely. So, Endless Nameless, that's the name of the hidden track. And if you own a hard copy of this, I have it on a CD, you are forced to sit through 10 minutes of silence at the end of Something in the Way before you can get to Endless Nameless. And the way it's done on this CD... It's all one track, so you can't skip it on your CD player. You have to sit through 10 minutes of silence. I'm a purist, and I accept my fate. Um, so I listened to 10 minutes of nothing to get to Endless Nameless, and I did not like it. Um, it was really really like violently loud it felt almost like it bordered on scream music a little bit and that ain't my bag man and if you make me sit there for 10 minutes what comes after that better be the best goddamn song i ever heard and it was not that it's not even that good really so first half of nevermind is excellent Second half is extremely mediocre. Um, that's my thoughts. Um, I guess we'll uh, we'll shift gears and look at uh, I Love Rock and Roll, the Joan Jett album here. Uh, this is her second uh, solo release. Um, Emma, give me your thoughts. Well, uh, the title track I had never heard of in my life and uh, was very shocked by. Um, Cut to shit. Yeah, I love that song. It's a great song. It's fun. Um, it's overplayed as all hell, but it's still a good song. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Gonna Run Away was good. I liked it. I liked just the energy and the badassery. I fucking, her voice is amazing and just not in, like, a classical sense, but just how badass her voice is and how, like, just angry and punk and, and bad it is. It's so fucking good. I love it. Um, and Love is Pain was much the same to me. And then we get to Nag, which I fucking hated. <laughs> I thought you I, would. 
the lyrics were good. They were. Um, the men in the background going nag, nag, naggity, nag <laughs> made me want to chuck my laptop across the basement. Um, it pissed me off so much. It would have been such a good song if that wasn't there. And that was the worst part. The other part was just whenever he would, whenever the male background singer would pop in to do, like, dialogue for the, the nag, the man. Um, I do like that it flips the script, because usually it's the women who are called, oh, my old lady, she's such a nag. So I like that she was flipping that. Um, Crimson and Clover, I liked a lot for the fact that she's singing I was this is this a cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cover of Tommy James yeah. and the Shondells from like nineteen sixty six or something. It's a very old song. Yeah. Well I appreciate that she is singing um as if she's in love with a woman. I think that was uh pretty I don't want to be like, oh my god, it was so brave. But I think it was kind of brave for nineteen eighty one. You're gonna um, hate this. What? Uh She's been asked about that a couple of times, and she says, oh, it just rhymes better that way. It does what? She just, she says the only reason she does that is because it rhymes better that way. Oh. Well, I don't know. I don't. I didn't think she was, like, trying to make a big statement. I just appreciate it nonetheless. But it's yeah. There, which, you know, her reasons are her reasons. That's fine. Um, the victim of circumstance was good. Bits and pieces was fine, but the male background singer got annoying again. That's another cover. Um, um, bits and pieces. That's also a cover. Yeah, I'm just sick of the male background singers. They were really <laughs> just kind of kitschy to me. Very yeah. like, just just I didn't like them. Um, Peace Street, I liked a lot. That one kind of jumped out to me. Um, you're too possessive. Again, I liked the lyrics. I wanted to like the song more than I did, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing more than fine. And then a cover of Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, that's a is trip, a ain't it? Very weird way to end. A very weird way to end the album. I don't mm-hmm. know why. It's not bad, but it doesn't need to exist. I could have gone my whole life without hearing it, and would never have felt there was something missing. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Very strange. But overall, with her, I love her. I love her style. I love her aesthetic. I love the style of her music. Um, I love her ideals and what she kind of promotes through her music. Um, you know, the feminist in me goes batshit for her. I love her. I wish that I liked her individual songs more than I did and more of them than I did. Mm-hmm. I think her whole thing, her whole persona, her whole style is a lot of fun until it isn't. Mm-hmm. And then it's extremely annoying and very, very, like, cliched and overdone. And it kind of is, at least to me, it was kind of like a switch flip where I was just listening to it and I was vibing with it. I'm like, God, this is good. God, this is so good. And then just as quickly, I was like, okay, that's enough, enough, I'm done, this is annoying, that's I'm sick of it. But, so, you know, much love to Joan Jett, but it was, a, it was an odd experience listening to this. I think that's fair. Um, Charles, what'd you think of Joan Jett? Uh, I thought the titular track was really good, you know, uh, if incredibly overrated. 
I thought uh, Joan Jett was pretty consistently good on the vocals, but I felt like um, the backup vocalists were a little spotty throughout the album. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they were fine, sometimes they were really weird and bad, and I was like, do these guys even know how to sing? Like, let's get on the background. Um, I actually, so the, the Nag song was kind of funny because it, it sounded like it was like a 50s like beach song or something, you know? Yeah, I thought a lot of this album kind of felt that way. Yeah, I, I felt like I was I felt like I was gonna get sand kicked into my face by a surfer dude named Chad. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what that's what that song made me feel like. You know, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna go hit some waves and eat a hot dog and and get a malt. Uh, I don't know. It, it was it was kind of weird. I, I dug it just how weird it was and how. It kind of doesn't make me think of Joan Jet, but it was it was a, it was a weird song. I kind of liked it. Um, I thought it was really weird, but I really really dug uh, the Little Drummer Boy cover. <laughs> I was really I was expecting so I saw Little Drummer Boy and I was expecting it to like start as Little Drummer Boy and then like go into like something like completely different and like like a, a Joan Jet song, but no, it's just just a full on cover of Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that a was weird. A one. I, but I really liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was a good song. I think that one maybe had the best backup vocals in it mm-hmm. out of the songs in the album. With a you know the oh, oh, oh in the background, that was pretty cool. Um, not a whole lot other than that like stood out to me. It was it was pretty good, pretty consistent Joan Jet stuff. Um, yeah, it was. I don't know. It was um, not as much wowed me as I thought there would be. I don't know. There, there weren't many songs that were just like blew me away, you know? Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, Gabe, uh, I, I don't have much about Fair, fair enough. Um, Gabe, thoughts on Joan Jett? Okay, so my opening statement will have to be when I was listening to this, I had a very pounding headache. Uh, so I perhaps have my judgment a little bit biased by that, but I got to, you know, I think if I hadn't heard I Love Rock and Roll, you know, the title just over about, a, I'd say, a million times over the course of my goddamn life, I probably would have said it was a wonderful song. But as I continued more and more into the album, all of my thoughts were, ow, ow, this is so annoying, but please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded too 80s. The tone sounded just, I, I mean, it just, I like Joan Jett, and I probably would have given it more of a chance if I was in a bit of a better state, but just the whole time I was listening to it, all I wanted to do was just switch it off. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think, it just it just sounded annoying. I think there you got to be in the right mind for for this album. Um, I think I was in the right mind to a certain extent, but I was looking at both of these for for today when I listened to them yesterday. I was thinking, man, yeah, what just neither one of these was really um, exciting me at all, you know. And I I thought, all right, well. I, I listened to Joan Jett first, and I'm like, all right, whatever. We're going to get just some 80s pop punk 
usual shit here. And um, put the record on, and again, like one of the world's most overplayed songs to start off the record. But it it hit me for some reason, man, because I was I was into this song. I've I've heard it a million times, and I am kind of <laughs> tired of it. But I don't know what it was about it and the way the moment. But it, I liked it, <laughs> and it didn't bother me that I'm tired of it. Um, it's a good song. Yeah, it's got it's got a real sick riff. I mean, she's she's always been good with that. Um, yeah, there's a very yeah. strong riff there, and then. Um, Run away was good. Um, Love is pain. Um, interesting title. Interesting concept. Uh, sounds to me on on the title alone like it belongs on the other album we're doing today. Um, but yeah, very you know it fit fit what they're doing um, just fine. Um, and then the nag song, I I liked it, but I feel like if I hear it again, it would irritate me. Um, my biggest takeaway from that song, but also just the whole album, is that I don't know what it is about this band, but they, you have Joan Jett, who is a basically a blacked out punk chick from the 80s, um, fronting what is basically a cut rate Jay Giles band, um, but all their <laughs> songs were written in the 50s. Does anyone else get that vibe? Like, Maybe a little bit. All the songwriting, all the songwriting is rockabillies or Beach Boys type shit, and these irritating dudes sound like the Jay Giles band to me. I don't know why it's specifically them. I guess they're just the most like cliche '80s regular ass, non-exciting band I could think of, but. Yeah, that's that was kind of where my brain went. Um, the song's fine, but yeah. And then, then we get to uh, Crimson and Clover, which, like I said, is a cover of a Tommy James song from the 60s, which is, like, weird and psychedelic. Um, the original, it's like a pretty psychedelic song, basically. Kind of a Ruby Tuesday sort of deal. Um, I thought she owned this fucking song, man. I thought this was a damn good cover i thought um she really just did a bang up job of turning something that's originally pretty like ethereal and easy to listen to into a the kind of thing that kicks your teeth down your throat and i enjoyed that song a lot i thought she did a fabulous job of that um victim of circumstance was good um and then we have Bits and Pieces, which goes back to the stupid little 50s doo-wop, and, but it's the 80s, but it's punk, but it's not, but it's what the hell am I listening to? Um, it's a cover of the Dave Clark Five, who I like a lot, but this just isn't like, this ain't, doesn't need to happen, man. Um... Be straight again, fucking Jay Giles, man. <laughs> it it feels like freeze frame to me. Um, you're too possessive. That was good. Kind of recovered the album, and then we get to Little Drummer Boy. Oh, mama. Okay, so I don't like Christmas music, right? Like at all. I'm not a fan of Christmas music, and one of the Christmas songs that I have a 
irrational degree of hate for is Little Drummer Boy. Um, I, bah humbug. I, damn right, bah humbug. Fuck this song. I hate this song. Um, I hate Little Drummer Boy, and the uh, you know the damned. Okay. So I bought a, back in the holiday season this last year. I bought a Christmas collection LP, and on the record was a version of Little Drummer Boy as performed by Hank Williams Jr. Um, think about that for a moment. Redneck Why? country outlaw guy singing Little Drummer Boy. Um, it gets even weirder when I tell you that uh, there is actually no. Um, there is no, uh, nothing different about it when he does it than any other version I've ever heard. He sings it in the very traditional style and is horrible. Hmm. And so That's I'm like, disappointing. yeah, I'm like, God, this is a fucking, yeah. And so I, I come into this, I'm like, Jesus Christ, why is this on a rock album? Why is this on this rock album? But it makes sense, doesn't it? Cause that's what she does. She covers all these stupid old songs. I liked it. <laughs> I ended up kind of liking this. I thought, if I ever have to listen to Little Drummer Boy again in my mortal life, and I pray to God I don't, but if I ever do, it better be this version. Um, best version of the worst song I've ever heard. Um, solid album. Um, I enjoy Joan Jett. I think this is a uh, this is a fine, uh, fine album for sure. Um yeah, if there's any of hers that are going to be here, it's this one, and I think that's fair. Um, I did just now get a write-in vote from Christian Halferty in favor of Nirvana. Uh, so we are going to go ahead and do our votes. Uh, Emma, give me yours. Um, as much as I love Joan Jett and put her as a person above Kurt Cobain, there was more on Nevermind that I really liked. And when both of them inevitably started to bleed together, I was more okay with that on Nevermind than I was with uh, I Love Rock and Roll. So, yeah, Nevermind. Fair enough. Charles? I would say that the worst song on Joan Jett's album is better than the worst song on her Papa's album. That's, that's pretty clear. But I would also say that Nirvana has much higher highs. Mm. Um, this is a tough one, but I I gotta go with Nirvana just because, I don't know, it's, it's got better hits on it. Fair, fair. Um, Gabe, I have a feeling I know, but uh, tell me your vote. Well, yes. Considering that throughout one of the albums I wanted to bash my head into a brick wall, I'm gonna go with Nirvana. Yep, um, yeah, you know, uh, as, as I looked at both of these, I so I, I listened to Joan Jett first, and when I was done with it, I'm like, all right, hands down, I'm voting for this, hands down. I'm hands down voting for this. It's it. I have to. Um, mainly because I'm not super into grunge, and the, dr the grunge I do like is not really Nirvana, typically. Um, and then I listened to their album, and, um, there's a lot of good shit here, man. Um, and yeah, I, I realized a little bit more why they are so acclaimed. Um, 
That being said, I also realized why I didn't care for them as much. Um, there's equal reason to love and to hate Nirvana on this album. Um, and there were a couple of times, like, both these albums made me just want to wring the artist's neck a little bit. Like, Joan Jett, I wanted to say, God damn it, get some better songs and some better fucking backup vocalists. You're talented. Why do you drag yourself down with these people? Um... <laughs> With Nirvana, I wanted to say, God damn it, Cobain, get sober for five minutes to understand you've been talking shit for ten years. You know, like, I just, I, I developed a new sense of hate for Kurt Cobain listening to this album. Um, he is a stupid, pretentious prick that, while talented, did not, um, does not live up to his, his own reputation. Um... Basically, here it was. It was a tough call for me, um, but I am gonna vote for the Joan Jett album to break the sweep here because uh, I didn't hate anything on it. Um, there were at least two songs on Nevermind that I never ever want to hear again, um, and one of those songs I had to wait ten minutes for, and that's <laughs> insulting. That's ten minutes of my life I am never getting back, and it was a it was all in in the service to one garbage song. Um, so I'm voting for Joan Jett because. To me, Jett that's because... less insulting and more you being a purist whore who should have just gotten on Spotify. You see, see <laughs> that that is completely something I could do, but again, you know, there's there's I waited that ten minutes because I had a now evidently misplaced faith in uh, the in artistic integrity of this band that if that was designed that way, that presumably it was done that way for a reason and that I was going to be rewarded for my time. I proved to be wrong. I had too much faith in Ooh. Cobain. Um, so yes, I did that to myself. Um, but yeah, I'm voting for, for Joan Jett, which makes it a, uh, a four to one decision here for Nirvana. Moving Nevermind into the second round. Um, that will take on yesterday's winner, Who's Next, from The Who. Um, so we have one album that has a baby penis on it and the other album that has four men pissing on a column on it. Um, I guess that's, it was in the stock. That, that's Roger Daltrey's version of Territorial Pissings, isn't it? Um, in any case, um, two more rounds, two more matches in the first round, rather. Um, tomorrow's is Jimi Hendrix and Bob Seger. That's going to be a time. Um, so thank you to my panel again, and uh, thanks for tuning in today. We will be back tomorrow, and rock on, my friend.